Well, the weather ain't exactly frightful, but the calendar never lies. Yes, it's Christmas time. And today we're talking about our favorite Minnesota bound gifts, items crafted by the very characters who become Minnesota bound stories. Today, let's help you get ready for gift giving. Are you on the hunt for a perfect gift? Well, this year, give your loved one a gift that never goes out of style and will last forever. Give them a lifetime hunting or fishing license. A lifetime license just might be the best gift they ever receive. The Minnesota DNR offers a variety of lifetime licenses that include fishing, small game, sportsman, deer hunting, and more. Costs vary by age, and it really pays off big time to purchase a lifetime license for youngsters. Get this, a lifetime license purchase for a Minnesotan age three or younger will pay itself off in about 15 years. That means from about age 30 on, their fishing license will be free the rest of their life. If they move out of state, their license is still valid when they come back forever. My kids have lifetime sportsman's licenses, and last year we bought one for my nephew and my dad too. I just can't think of a better gift to give to someone that loves the outdoors. The memories that we make together in the field and on the water are priceless. A lifetime license makes the outdoors accessible forever. Learn more at mndnr.gov slash lifetime. That's mndnr.gov slash lifetime. I'm Bill Shirk. I fish, I hunt, I camp, and I tell stories. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Okay, so all year long, we document stories about people, and some of them are people who are creative minds. And so we put these stories on the air that have everything to do with these cool Minnesota gifts and expressions of art. So I started thinking, you know, it's Christmas time. We should suggest a few favorite gift ideas. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I'm getting old and I tend to forget. Where can I go to find a list of all the stories? And I was wandering around the hallways at our office here, Ron Share Productions, the world headquarters, just kind of in a fog. And then the idea hit me as she walked down the hallway. Kelly Joe McDonald is the original employee. And Kelly, today you're joining me because you know every dang gift slash story slash artist we've ever produced. Going all the way back to what, 1995? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> 1996. Oh my gosh, you're so old. I am. Gosh, I was in the tw my 20s when I started here. So when you got hired here, how many employees were there? Uh, Ron. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and one other kind of freelance photojournalist. Yep. Pardon me. An employee. That's it. That was it. So who interviewed you? Ron. That was it. How'd you find out about the job opening? Or was it not a thing? It wasn't a thing. Like back then they posted on phone poles, right? They yes. just take a sheet of paper with a staple. and 100%. I heard it through my father, Jim McDonald, who knew, who knew Ron at the time. One of the most <laughs> incredible fishing guides in the Midwest. He's well, he was well known. Interesting. Yeah. He uh, had heard through the grapevine, I have no idea what grapevine, that Ron Shera was starting a nature show. 
up in Minneapolis. And I had just, I was working at KDWB trying to break into television. He's like, you know, you should just call up Ron at that Care 11 station and see. And I, I called and Ron picked up the phone. <laughs> he just is like, hi, Ron Shara. I'm like, oh my God, I have to say something now. I'm going to work for you. We're going to be together for 50 years. <laughs> that was it. He, yeah. Unbelievable. And he hired you to do what? He hired me to kind of organize operations because he was still trying to figure out everything. He's trying to hire shooters. He was trying to figure out where the edit bays were going to be. Our office was at CARE 11 then in the kind of the basement area. <laughs> so, yeah. And in that time, this company grew from a employee and a television show to how many people now? working here we're we're in the upper 20s now getting close to 30 people now and have our own production company across from care 11 we are our own and how many shows (laughs) Uh, between seven and ten right now right (laughs) minnesota bounds one of many so we need an abacus to figure out all our numbers we are an empire now bill and you kind (laughs) of hold down the fort you're just sort of the conduit that keeps the day-to-day going I do I try mean, everything. Yeah, there's there's just a lot going on. But Minnesota Bound, you know what? Still flagship show. We stay true to our roots. It's still the main show I work on, but I do have my fingers in all the shows. So in all seriousness, when I saw you in the hallway and I was thinking about this holiday gift show, I went, well, duh. Because you've documented these stories since the beginning. And And I think the connection there is your favorite part of the year, (laughs) the Minnesota State Fair (laughs) and the Minnesota Bound Cabin, where all these cool little gifts kind of come to life. They they start as stories in the show with these artists, craftsmen, and women, and then they end up in your cabin. Yeah. You know, you got me thinking about years gone by because I'm like, how did we even start with that? We got approached by the state fair wanting Ron and Raven to do stage shows. And they're like, Oh, by the way, if you can find a cabin company, put up a cabin, you can sell stuff. And Ron's like, Oh, Kelly, let's figure that out. I'll (laughs) I'll take care of the 10 o'clock and three o'clock shows. You find a cabin place and then let's fill it with stuff. And we had nothing. We didn't have the plush Ravens. We didn't have, Ron's books yet. I think we had his calendar. Did we even have t-shirts? I don't think so. I mean, this is back in 2000, probably 2001. Yeah. And I, ca- I came in what? Oh, two or I was three, just going like to say. And at yeah. that point you were building a new cabin. Yes. Every year at the state fair. Yes, we were. We had to put it up and take it down. Didn't we have a company from Colorado, like build a log cabin and then they One were time we did. selling it off and <laughs> It was, I don't even know how we survived it, but we did. And some of the cabins were huge mm-hmm. and we had to fill it with something. And like Bill said, we no, no, started. No. You <laughs> had to fill it with something. I had to fill it with something. And, yeah. and that was the start of all these great Minnesota bound gifts. Not it things was. that necessarily had our logo. We've got some of that. We but, do. But yeah. the things that represented the people. Yes. We would do a story on an artist making something and we'd say oh my gosh how cool would that be if we could support them put their stuff in the cabin and have 
I don't know, what is it, 65 million people that go oh, through the state fair? They <laughs> all right? came through the cabin. Well, and it, I, you know, not that my job was easy, but it was finding products because I had you and Ron already doing great stories and meeting great people. And it turned out that these guys would have great products. So I'm like, well, hey, what a great story that was. Does he sell them? And you'd be like, I don't know. I can ask him. And that's usually how it would start. And a lot of times the vendors didn't even have their product anywhere. We were the first place they had, they sold anything. So, yeah. I still remember one of those products. It was my very first state fair and you were selling Chef John, not Jim, John. Oh, Chef John Schumacher. Chef John cookbooks of some sort yes and ron's like we're out of cookbooks go down and get some more so i take the little you know hand (gasps) cart walk across the state fair past 63 million people i had forgotten get the chef john's little booth (laughs) go in and say hey you know minnesota bound cabin we need um more cookbooks and i had probably been there i don't know almost a year at this point and Chef John looks at me and says, who are you? <laughs> well, the fair is a stressful time for vendors. <laughs> I just said, I'm just the minion here to get some cookbooks. Uh, Bill, I had forgotten that. We had two of them. I still remember. I can see them in my head. I'm yep. sure they're collector's items now. Yep. So there you go. That's our first gift idea. Wow. If you can find it in a used bookstore, go out <laughs> find Chef John's cookbook. Uh, yep. But year after year after year after year after year, you look at all these great products and coordinate and talk with these people. And we've had some just unbelievable gifts. So I thought today you and I could chat a little bit about some of the things we've discovered this year. Because I think some of them are absolutely awesome gifts for the holidays. They are. And they all are good stories. And they all have a great backstory too. I mean, they're all Minnesotans. They're all, you know, a lot of them, you've seen their story on Minnesota Bound. You've seen Bill and Ron telling them, and it's kind of fun to be able to find their stuff somewhere, at least for 10 days anyway. The stuffed Raven plush dogs. (laughs) Do you remember that whole deal? Are you bringing up the the, the semi pulled up to (laughs) our office? Yeah. How many was we're in your original okay. order. So I want disclaimer here that Kelly doesn't know what she's doing. So she has a mass comm degree. I'm, I'm, you know, radio TV supposed to be doing that. And I'm ordering plush Ravens from China, I think, because I couldn't find them anywhere. Low. This is way back when, I mean, this is like late nineties and 2000 yep. and you know, overseas, your minimum order has to be <laughs> like thousands of them. And they showed up in a semi at our production studio, yeah. which at the time was like four offices. Three li- so. And the guy's got the forklift and is unloading pallets with boxes. He's where like, do you, where you where want, do you want them? them? I'm like, oh my, I don't even remember where we put them, Bill, but we shoved them in the office and I'm like, wow, that was a learning uh, experience. Yeah. The office was nothing but boxes. The hallways were two feet wide with boxes to the ceiling on both sides. Wow. How are we going to get rid of all these dogs? Ron showed up and was like, what is all that? I'm like, they're your stuffed ravens. You wanted a lot of them. And that was the best best price point. So we had to order like 5,000 of them. (laughs) They were at the fair I was going to say, that's what I thought the number was. It was a lot. It was a lot of stuffed ravens. You know, 5,000 little black lab 
stuffed puppies, each one about the size of a football. Yep. It takes up space. It takes up a lot of space. So, so that they, was the learning curve. There you go. If you can find a plush stuffed raven, of which there is one fewer in the world, because yesterday during our Monday morning meeting, I watched oh, yeah. one of the dogs. I did too. Rip apart our last <laughs> raven. <laughs> she like got a hold of it. I'm like, man. Here in the office. So there you go. <laughs> That was it. That was the last one. Everything is a story to us. But <laughs> but in all seriousness, there's some great ideas. Let's get to actually no, let's do this. Okay. Let's start our list in just a second. First, we need to thank some of the sponsors who helped make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. Kelly Joe is here. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. This is the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. And we have all these great sponsors who help us get on the air each week. Up first, a shout out to our friends at Connecticut. You know, the lakes are freezing up. We're deep into the fall hunting season. We've been to the cabin to pull the dock and rake the leaves and, uh, that means Connecticut water in the woods because last summer we were lucky enough to add Connecticut water at the cabin. And let me tell you what a difference it makes for as long as I can remember, we've had to deal with that stinky foul well water, but after a painless about four hour installation, we had Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K five drinking system installed. No more bottled water in the morning to try and make coffee before fishing. Just great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. Our laundry, it no longer smells funny. And Connecticut water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, a shout out to Heat Hog. Heat Hog, the hottest name in portable propane heaters. More reliable, wider heat area, and packed with features for hunting, camping, fishing, tailgating, workshops, and job sites. Tired of melted ice at your feet in your pop-up ice shelter? Heat Hog is the only heater with adjustable tilt that sends the heat exactly where you want it. Heat your body, not just your feet. You want more features? Heat Hog keeps your fuel warm for longer runtime per tank. Plus, these portable units blast heat to a 33% wider area than the competition. With three different models to choose from, there is a Heat Hog just the right size for you to get easy to use, portable, reliable heat. Stay warmer, longer with Heat Hog. Visit heathog.com and order one today with free shipping. Heat Hog. The only one that tilts. We'd also like to thank Lakes Gas. Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Propane, it's clean, efficient fuel produced right here in the United States. Schedule your propane service with a friend. Lakes Gas, a family-owned provider serving the upper Midwest for more than 60 years. 54 convenient locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Now, with offices in North Dakota and South Dakota, too, Lakes Gas employees live in the communities they serve, so you can expect personalized service from professionals. Oh, and the Lakes Gas offers competitive pricing without all the extras that tend to drive up fuel prices. Safe, 
dependable service. Lakes Gas, the right choice for your home, business, or farm. Visit lakesgas.com and join the family. Okay, it's time to get to our Christmas list. Kelly Joe, you and I are coming up with a few last-minute holiday gift ideas based on the stories and the characters from Minnesota Bound. You have this notepad in front of you that you have been just <laughs> flipping through. Lick your finger, flip the page, flip the page. So what on your list? I mean, what did you like this year? What did you find as a cool, cool item. Well, and I had to double check because I get the years, as you know, I've been here almost 30 years. So I get them all mixed up in my head. So I'm like, okay, what did I have out to fear this year? Mm -hmm. That seemed to be uh, the big hit. Now I know this is, (laughs) we talk about it every year, but people love those loon tunes. Anything to do with loons at our cabin just sells well. It's a little couple here in Minnesota that has made them the last 18 years, I guess. They're looking to retire, so you better buy one soon. But the Loon Tunes, you pull it on the string. Everyone who's watched our our State Fair show knows how it works. Uh, The Loon Tunes always sell well, and people just love them and keep buying more and more. And what do they sound like? (laughs) They sound like a loon. I'm not going to do it. Come on, No, I can't even do it. (laughs) I think we have one floating around the office. For two weeks in the cabin. Every time you're around the cabin, you hear all these people pulling on this thing. I know. Yeah, I hear it a lot. And I love the call of the loon, but let me tell you, by the end of the fair, I'm like, okay. Call of the state fair loon is just a bit too much. That's a great idea. I'm done with that. They're they're so much fun. They sound absolutely legitimate. Not like, oh, it kind of sounds like a loon. It sounds exactly like a loon. I hear it from a lot of people and I've tested it myself and they'll answer back it works. I don't know if you know the answer to this. Can I ask you where people would find them? You know, I kind of do. They don't sell them. You know, a lot of the people that we work with aren't giant corporations, right? They're just Minnesota people. They do have them like at uh, stores around Minneapolis, like general stores. If you Google the Loon Tune, it shows you what stores they're at. It's pretty relatively easy to find. That's a good one. Yeah. Nice little stocking stuffer, big enough to wrap. They're usually around 15 bucks. So... Not bad at all. And after the kids pull them for <laughs> a week or so, you want to just. Yes, you do. <laughs> put them away forever. Hide it. Hide them. I like that. Yeah. Good idea. Uh, what else is on your list? Well, and I think you maybe we're going to talk about this one, but we had some of his work out in our cabin, American craftsman. Yeah. Jesse. <laughs> where you, And we could talk about him, but he. He's a great story. Now, he's a perfect example of a story that Bill found, did a couple stories on Jesse, did you not, through the years? And then we finally were like, gosh, why don't we sell some of Jesse's things out at the fair? Now, I don't remember when Jesse actually started having a booth out at the fair. Uh, Just a couple years ago. I was going to say, back in the day, he didn't have anything out at the fair. We were his fair store. So his story just really intrigued me. A Marine machine gunner who's visited some of the gnarliest places on planet Earth. He comes home. He talks about this. He was kind of lost. Didn't quite know what his path would be. But he always loved woodworking. So I think he, if I have the story right, he finished school, got his degree, like high-end woodworking stuff, 
started picking. He loves recycling. He loves giving old stuff new life. So he would drive around, pick up wood that was in dumpsters and hiding, and they'd build a canoe. He was a great story. And then the leftovers <laughs> from the canoe yeah. would become a canoe paddle. Yes. And then the leftovers from the paddle would become a tackle box. And the leftovers became fishing nets, became little boxes and mugs and the leftovers from that little fishing baits all the way down to the sawdust which he would hand over to a friend of his who was in the jewelry business and she would use the sawdust with epoxy to create jewelry like amazing it was awesome there was like no waste i mean it was it was great he's a great story and it's it's legacy stuff it's not yeah. disposable goods these are things that you pass down generation to generation. So this year we kind of highlighted his fishing baits. That's right. His and, baits. Yeah. And you kind of say, well, how can a guy like that compete with Rapala? Yeah. But he's not trying to. He makes his own baits. He paints them up in the colors that are cool and funky that he likes. And he takes them out fishing and he catches stuff. Yes. <laughs> and so he and I went out and I'm kind of like, all right, should we try this? And I don't know what it is. We're on Minnetonka. It's like in his third cast. And he hooks a pike. He's like, yep, got one. And I didn't even believe him. I just figured he was stuck in the weeds and he reels <laughs> in this nice pike. And <laughs> they work. Jesse's just magical. The baits are really cool. You they're can cool. tell that they're yeah. handcrafted. Yep. And it's amazing. So American Crafts Men, it's not M-A-M, it's M-E-N is yes. his site he's on facebook i think he's got a web page he does yeah he's easy easy to find too the bass right champ and the a-bomb all these cool little baits <laughs> great great after, little ideas for christmas after his story aired i think i told you this bill and you came out to the fair and i had one gal came out and was christmas shopping actually at the fair which a lot of people do and she had seen your story and she bought 10 of them that's amazing i know i was like wow wrap them up and send them off she was sold so. And, and for the record, that is solely why I do this job. Because I want to pay homage to people like Jesse and share his story and see some good out of it. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well, he did well. And I think he had a good fare too. So great guy. Yeah. I can't afford some of his stuff. It's pretty fancy. <laughs> it is pretty fancy. The tackle boxes and through the, the years we and... did. We had like, didn't we have like his canoe paddles one year yeah. and we had some of the higher end stuff, which can be a little, <laughs> yeah. He talks about people coming into his booth and grabbing his, you know, canoe paddles and flexing and, you know, talking about the merits and what he should be doing to improve. He's just like, yeah, move, move on. Yes. I'm doing just great. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing just fine. All right. Let's take one quick break. Okay. Uh, thank a few more sponsors. And then we're going to come back with two or three more gift items. Um, one of them is, boy, this is cheesy, really hot. <laughs> That's my tease. <laughs> Kelly Joe and Bill Shirk, you're listening to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. We've got some sponsors to thank who help us get to you each week. I want to give a shout out to North Dakota Tourism. Again, we talked about it earlier. Lakes are starting to freeze up, but you know what? We are not done hunting yet. And the ultimate destination for your next hunting adventure 
needs to be North Dakota. We got numbers this fall. The most recent bird counts from the biologists came in, and they report that the total number of pheasants observed, they do these roadside counts and driving around and looking, but those numbers, 65 birds per 100 miles of roadway. That number is up 61% from last year. The number of broods per 100 miles, that number is up 70%. And that means world-class upland hunting. On the waterfowl side, 2023 was one of the wettest springs on record, which means an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks. You add to that that North Dakota offers the PLOTS program, 800,000 acres of private land that is open to public walk-in hunting, and you have your spot just waiting for the perfect fall hunt. Make memories and hunt North Dakota just like we do. Plan your adventure at hellond.com. Also, a big thanks to the Minnesota Propane Association. This message is brought to you by the Minnesota Propane Association. Clean, affordable, reliable energy. These are all the things that people want for their homes and businesses. The one source of energy in Minnesota that can offer all of these benefits is propane. Clean. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of the electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Affordable. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, propane costs approximately 30% less than electricity in the U.S. The savings in Minnesota can even be higher. Reliable. Propane is energy stored on site, independent of the grid. Propane can power your home or business anytime you need it. Energy. Propane is a direct energy source used at your home or business, unlike electricity, which is produced somewhere away from your home. By the time electricity gets to your home, 66% of the energy used to produce it is lost. That is why propane is approximately three times more efficient than electricity. Propane, the right energy right now. For more information on what propane can do for you and the environment, go to propane.com. We also want to thank our longtime partners at Star Bank. Hi, everybody. Ron Shera here again with another nifty story, this one about my favorite bank, the story of Star Bank. There's 10 of them in Minnesota, but here's where the plot thickens. A Star Bank is more than money. A Star Bank cares, cares about its customers, cares about the community, whether it's town parades or the kids' baseball team. Why? Because Star Banks are locally owned. They treat you right. Quite a tale, wouldn't you say? How do I know? Because Star Bank is also our bank at Ron Share Productions. Just another story with a happy ending. Star Bank, the bank that cares. Member FDIC. To learn more online, go to star.bank. Okay, we are waxing about a few of our favorite slash Minnesota-bound stories slash Minnesota-bound gifts. And Kelly Joe, you are the office pro. You have had your <laughs> arms around all this stuff Trying. since yeah. 1996. Oh my gosh, wow. you're so old. <laughs> you're right behind me, big guy. <laughs> right behind. Uh, every year, every year we do stories on dozens of people who offer something special. And 
what else you got on your list? There's got to be a Minnesota bound favorite in here for you. Well, I had a favorite this year that sold well, but the lead in is, and you were around when this happened, when we did that story, was this one of your stories or was it Ron's? When we did that birdhouse story and the birds went up the nose. Oh yeah. The that, no, that was a Ron classic. Was that a Ron yep. classic? But you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And this is back before you saw them everywhere. It was a little Minnesota guy that made them by hand. And we were like, oh, well, you know, that's cute. We, uh, you know, uh, did a story on him, showed video of the birds going up the nose. And we're like, oh, like we do. That could be a maybe a state fair thing. He's like, sure, I'll carve 15 you for you. You know, put them out at the fair. I've never seen anything like it. It was, I mean, I know you remember. Yeah. They it were kind of almost like, weren't they like gnome yes, faces? They or? were kind of like, like a Santa gnome face. They had a beard down and people went ape yeah. over these things. Yeah. It was crazy. Every one of them just went away. And he kept bringing them out and I kept selling out in a day. And these aren't small birdhouses. They were big. And then uh, lo and behold, the next year or the year after, he had his own booth out there, which happens a lot. I mm -hmm. mean, which is a good thing, right? They, they sell well. We're kind of the testing crowd. <laughs> and then they get their own booth. So, yeah, that was the... That was my big birdhouse, my best success story. But, but we share the passion. We share the story. Yeah. Yeah. And some good comes out of that. Some is he still around? That's been quite a few years. <laughs> it's been quite a few years, and I'm not sure if he is. I know he did retire, and he sold it off. Oh, did he? Yeah, which leads me to my new birdhouse folks. Oh. Now, I already was using a guy out of Bayfield, Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, he had some great, we did a peanut butter feeders. I think we even did a story on him. He was wonderful. He retired a few years ago and I'm like, what in the world? Hey, you're sold. <laughs> Everyone's retiring except Kelly, but I need some birdhouses cause I need, they look nice and I like them hanging in the cabin and people liked something for the birds. So I found, uh, and we didn't do a story on him because I just ran out of time, but yep. I met Tanya and Pete and they are a little Southern Minnesota couple retired. They're both probably in their seventies and he's a woodworker and a, uh, a steel, what do you call those that he does his own steel work, metal work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he does it all with reclaimed everything on the farm is just there. And he makes birdhouses and other things too. They have a little tiny Etsy site and I contacted him. They make the cutest little like wren houses and chickadee houses and they again were like blown away. They're like, we'd love to have our our little our little birdhouses sure. out at our cabin. And yep, we almost sold out of them. They were blown away with do, the. Do they still have a site or a little company? They do. Name? If you Google Bacon Square Farm, their Etsy site will come up. Yep. So you can order them. Again, they're just a, a retired couple. Minnesota, great story. Yeah. But the cutest houses and very well done. I mean, he does them all by hand, right on his farm. So. Yeah. So awesome. I know. We didn't even have time to really do their story, but people saw them at the state fair show. Laura did a little, little spiel on them. So. Well, as we say, there's always next. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little bird feeder, little bird houses are, yeah. are always good gifts, right? For everybody. I well, think so. We do stories all the time on, you know, how to help people understand what birds are around, how to get them started. Yep. It's just perfect.
So I like that one. Okay. What else is on your list? I know we're never going to get a chance to get to all oh, of these. Oh, there's just too many. Well, are we thinking the same thing? Or are we thinking that you said something about heat? And I was thinking either our fire bugs guy and he was the s'more fishing pole flip sticker. Yep. So- Whoa, say that again. <laughs> Say that five times fast. I can't. Or it's Bill at One Log Fire. Both of them are favorites of mine, and they both have to do with heat. So I wasn't sure which one you were talking all right, about. All right, you take the flip. The fire bugs guy. Yeah, and I'll take <laughs> Bill's. Okay. Well, they're the. Uh, well, and again, we are kind of the test ground. He has a booth right next to us now in yeah, the Northwoods. Which, which is bigger <laughs> than ours, yeah, but he is, I he digress. Is, he has a nice, he has, well, he started with just the little, it looks like a little fishing rod and it's for s'mores, right? And it's, to, you know, get the kids out by the campfire, but if you like jig it, if you jig, fl- it, the, it flips. So it flips your little s'more. Right. It's just the cutest thing. And we did a story on them and it was kind of like the birdhouse thing. People are like, oh my God, where do we get those little fishing rod s'more flippers? Oh, and we had them and they sold so well. He now has a booth right next to us. <laughs> I <laughs> so will, it works out. I will tell you that I watched at the fair this year. I, I just couldn't help it. I stopped because there was a dad with two young kids. And they had the flipper. Yeah. Right? Yes. And he's jigging it and he's flipping it. And the shock and amazement <laughs> in this guy's face. I mean, he was just like, flip. It's the coolest well, thing. Be- Damn. <laughs> Dude, can I do that again? And he'd flip it and just. <laughs> oh, oh, so no. ridiculous and so amazing. Well, and he now he has all kinds of products. And it's fire bugs and he, he spells it uh, B-U-G-G-Z. But same kind of thing. You can find his stuff in a lot of stores now, too. And if you Google firebugs, it'll it'll come up. That's another cute little kind of, you know, getting the kids outside. That's unbelievable. Making s'mores. All his stuff has to do with bonfires. So he's a good one. All right. And the last (laughs) one, I want you to start the story. Just what is the product called? One log fire. And so... I have to tell the story. (laughs) I have to tell the story because I knew about the one log fire, but it wasn't really on my radar. Yeah. I mean, it kind of was, but yeah. But I had this neighbor, this quirky neighbor who had a barnwood company and I would get all his leftover scraps that I would turn into kindling from a wood stove. That's right. Yeah. And he got really weird, and we sort of went our separate ways, but then I was kind of out of Barnwood. Yeah. So I'm like, what am I going to use for Kinley? So I did a little Craigslist search. (laughs) And as I'm digging around looking for people who might have free scrap wood or whatever, I find this post for garbage bags, like the big, giant black garbage bags full of red pine dried Wood chips, <laughs> free. Yep, just take like, it off my hands. Well, I'll be dinged. Uh, that sounds like a good deal to me. So I drive over to Plymouth, pick up with your trailer, <laughs> several giant bags of these wood chips. I pull in, and Bill goes, "Oh, hey, hey Bill, good to see you." And I'm kind of looking at him like, "Bill and Bill, I don't know you." He's like, "Bill from One Log Fire." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, this is where we build the one log fires and our leftover scrap. So that turned into a story. Yes. 
he builds a Scandinavian log that he carefully drills holes just right. He's got a little secret to it. He does. And like the old troops way back in the day, you light a fire inside this log and it burns like a little miniature campfire and the log burns from the inside to the out. It's yep. perfectly, you know, self-contained. I know you've tested it. Little it, fire. It they, works. They work. They They're work. legit. They and, are. And it's it's amazing because he's done so well that you now see kind of knockoff versions of his oh, yeah. logs starting to pop up other Which places. But the one log yeah. <laughs> fire is our favorite. You know, a lot of the outdoor stores, kind of the home and garden stores. He has a them. huge display in Bachman's. I just yeah. saw it last and it was yeah. it was Bill's. It's one log fire. I'm like, whoa, look at you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And they come in different sizes. So yeah. if you want a big fire, if you want a little fire. So those are absolutely awesome and so perfect for putting on the back porch during the summer night. It just, there you go. Uh, any quickies that you want to zip through? Brandon's going to cut us off here because we have okay. to get to another podcast. But you want a laundry list of like two or three Super others? Super quickies. And these are just because I know the a few years we did the butterfly lady, the butterfly pods. Yep. Um, and people kind of like, oh, a little educational, a little nature, get kids, uh, get, you know, kids interested in the outdoors, get them interested in nature. She wasn't out. I think she's getting ready to retire. She wasn't out at the fair this year with us. However, I found a company that does the praying mantis pods. I know. God, right? Is, Build this is this 2024? <laughs> yes, it is. And it's called the praying mantis shop. And you can buy like the pods, kind of the same amount, you know, it's a little different than butterfly. Of course, you got praying mantis coming out of there once they hatch. But awesome. uh, and another kind of little gift idea if you're looking, if you can't find the butterfly lady and she's starting to, you know, if you want to get kids interested in kind of the bugs and nature, there's other things out there. And the praying mantis pod site is amazing. Yeah. For a little Christmas gift in the stocking, <laughs> praying mantises. <laughs> Yeah, so my stockings moving. I know. So that that was kind of a cute one that I came across, and we're getting ready to do a story in the spring on guess what? The Chinese praying mantis, which is what you find in Minnesota. Boom! There you go. What an awesome list! (laughs) Great Christmas ideas. More importantly, great stories. We've documented most of them, and it's our people. That's what we do. That's what we do, Bill. You are the Encyclopedia Britannica of Minnesota bound <laughs> cool outdoor products. Woo-hoo. Thank you, Kelly Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. All right. So there's a Christmas list. Uh, everyone go out, have a great holiday season. We're going to take some time off here at Ron Share Productions to celebrate with our families as well. Hopefully, we gave you a few last minute gift ideas. Hey, before we wrap this up, we've got so many great sponsors who help us get out to you each week. A big shout out to Connecticut, Heat Hog, Lakes Gas, the Minnesota Propane Association, North Dakota Tourism, Star Bank, and the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. On behalf of the entire crew here at Ron Share Productions, happy holidays. And Kelly, as we say at the end of the show every week, don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Boom, we're out. Mm-hmm.